Dave. Ian. Uh, and guests. We have we've tricked two guests into <laughs> joining us tonight. Uh, JP and Michael from the Bid Bid Nerds podcast. Welcome, and uh, we're sorry. You sound like us. Yeah, yeah. we uh, we inflict our show on our audience, uh, and it sounds like uh, that is something uh, we have in common. Yes, usually my sign off is "thank you, sorry." Um, so that's 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 kind of the the the, the vibe here. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, I was on. I got to be. I was lucky enough to be on your show uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Bid Bid Nerds is a very fun format. You get to like uh, do. It's like an interactive, uh, you know, uh, Price is Right format for uh, car auctions. How how did all of that come about? Like, what was the origin of that? Man, I like everyone in the world is watching and has been watching uh, the BAT auctions. If you're a car fan, uh, it's just it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger over the years. I know my partner Michael Deeb and I have been watching those auctions since before BAT was even an auction site. Uh, so, you know, it, it, when, when it kind of hit peak there, when everyone was stuck at home for a while, it was like, you know what, the, the, one of the biggest challenges for making a YouTube channel is consistently coming up with, um, something to talk about. I'm sure you guys can relate with that. Right. So we were like, man, this is just like nonstop content where a couple of like total loser slackers like Michael and I don't have to do anything to come up with. There's just a list that's published every day of things to talk about. And uh, everyone loves prices. Right. What do you think, Michael? Deep? I, I like my version of the story better. And that was uh, from about 2017 to early 2020. Uh, JP and I were affiliated with God and Porsche and we got to work together uh, with a bunch of classic Porsches and stuff um, when, and that was in Las Vegas. So when the COVID thing hit and the world shut down, um, my wife and I had to head back to the Bay area to San Francisco where I live and, um, and help my sister reopen the family restaurant and that sort of thing. Um, so I had been in, um, you know, back in the Bay Area and making pretty frequent trips back to the desert as JP was doing a really cool cars und cafe for air cooled cars um, in in the really cool arts district of Las Vegas. So I would migrate back, um, you know, pretty much every other month for most of 2020. And at the end of 2020, after what felt like a really painful breakup because I had to move back to the Bay Area, JP said to me one day, you know, looking down at the ground, he's like, would you want to do a podcast with me? And I was like, <laughs> really? Me? You're picking me? And I said, absolutely. Um, and so we jumped on. And it, I mean, the early days, you guys would crack up since you're accomplished podcasters. Now, um, we were trying to go live um, in two different rooms in his uh, condo, you know, yep. <laughs> 30 floors up. And we're on Instagram going live. Um, on our cell phones. I mean, the, 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 the roots of our show are, I mean, I don't want to say this cause I don't produce it, but they were pretty pathetic, and, uh, <laughs> but we've come a long way and now we get like celebrity hosts like you, Ian. And so it's been, well, it's been really fun. We've been off and on for three years, uh, three and a half years, maybe. What do we call it JP? I mean, we're, we're, we're rolling now. We're, we're moving the live format that we're doing right now is, is arguably or without question, I would say the funnest, uh, and most engaging, um, but that was kind of it. We we got split up by by COVID, and then and it was like a fun way to stay in touch. And a sign of the times was when you met with your car friends, you talked about 
Did you see that really cool that car that just closed? Did you see that number? Holy shit, what were they thinking? Uh, for better or for worse. And so John, because he's the creative genius of this this mastermind thing, figured out a way for us to take that conversation to the airwaves. And so here we are. I do want well, I do like the idea that like you know, do you want to start a podcast with me is basically like the middle-aged white guy version of like a friendship <laughs> bracelet. At this point, right? Yeah, right. I've been pinned to him since sophomore year, and it's it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> but our I think our origin story is pretty similar, right? Where yeah. Dave and I got set up essentially on a date by our by our <laughs> wives, uh, and Dave was like, "The next time we hang out, we're going to record it." Uh, yeah. And that was how he roped me into this. I got uh, down on one knee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hired a photographer to record it. Yeah. Oh, well, That's look, w- w- when you're trying to find a podcast partner, it's like you got There's a lot of criteria like, OK, yeah. expertise, who knows cars, who has no life uh, <laughs> and is willing to, you know, make a commitment to X amount of time per week. I mean, that's, uh, it's, and the, and let's be honest, it's the latter, uh, which is the most important of the criteria. Let's, I mean, let's just get to it. No, yeah, it's I, true. That's a great point because I think like ultimately something that really resonates with folks is when people have a, a podcast and ultimately the, the through line is that they're just friends, right? Yeah. Like Ian and Dave are friends. JP and Michael are friends, the show, right? <laughs> friends. Yeah. yeah. Or at least friends. Friends. let's just say it's good that we have a thousand or so miles between yeah. us, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> frenemies is even better. That's even more compelling. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's antagonism, you know, right? Like, yeah, this is man versus man. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 When, when we see turquoise and I go, that's blue, he says it's green. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. No, that's great. I I love I love the show format. Yeah, um, it's it's delightful. It's such a great uh, source of content. I mean, we so whenever there's amongst friends, I think a lot of like car folks have this in common that whenever a certain kind of car, a certain make, model, specific thing comes up on one of these sites, uh, you know, anywhere. Right. Like you, you're texting someone like you're always te- like we're always texting about a sob vegan. Should one come up anywhere? Right. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. we're that masochistic. Right. But yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. So, Somebody order torch tear. <laughs> yes. All of it. All of it. Yes. That would be me. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I love that. Like people connect over like these these auctions and the content that shows up. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's really well. Go ahead, JP. No, go ahead, Deep. What JP was alluding to earlier was this uh, incredible flow of of content that is coming because every day you turn it on, there's uh, there's a hundred new cars between all the major uh, sites. And in the early days, when the two of us truly had no life because the world had shut down, um, we were doing five cars a day five days a week if you can imagine you were a daily show for a while we were daily with five cars now we barely so it was reconciliations of the of the bids that we had made the day before and new bids so technically each episode (laughs) we were talking about 10 cars yeah the show was like like you know an hour to two hours long and and nobody was watching it you know like (laughs) you know like four views and he's like I think we should change it up. And I'm like, no, it's great. Don't mess with it. You know, because I don't know what I'm talking about. But now, you know, like now that like, you know, the world is open for business again and we do, you know, 
a, a try to have lives. It's amazing how we struggle to be able to get three or four cars on there uh, and do that twice a week. We were doing it once a week, but now we're doing it twice a week and live. And it's, it's really come together. The other fun thing has been what has really kicked us up a notch was John. It's like, okay, we got to put our heads together and think who could we invite that would be dumb enough to ruin their reputation and come on the show with us. Um, and every time we have a guest, uh, we call him a third nerd. Uh, that oh, nice. We always get we get a spectacular spike in viewership because there's somebody else on there that makes the show 100% more interesting. So that's a really big deal for us. So if anybody is dumb enough to invite us on, we feel obligated to say yes because we know what we can do, we can do for a show. You know? No, we really appreciate it. Yeah, so thank you for being the podcast couple we're swinging with this evening. Yeah. <laughs> so what's Very the nice. safe word, vegan? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is this yeah. like a tea party? Like, what room do I go to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, David mentioned something earlier. You know, he's like, if, uh, if he says blue, I say it's green. Um, and he's he's half joking, but he knows that there's, there's real truth to that in, you know, because all podcasts, all videos, all content, ultimately is storytelling. Um, and, uh, you know, Deeb and I make great partners for the show uh, because we know how to kind of mess with each other a little mm -hmm. bit. And, and disagreement is what makes things entertainment entertaining. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, I, I, absolutely deliberately try to disagree as often as possible. I am the resident a-hole, uh, and, uh, you know, having third nerds on just makes it that much more fun. And then now that we're live, uh, and we really have kind of, uh, developed this, this small, but insanely loyal, um, live chat give them the name. Give them the name. yeah and they're called the nerd herd and uh the nerd yeah. herd just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger by the episode it feels like we always have new people in the herd uh yeah. and these people they come on they discover the channel whether it's through a recommendation or it's uh, or uh, youtube you know Indeed. steers them to to it and uh they are just in there if the, if the show is an hour, they're there the whole time. If it's two hours, they're there the whole damn time. And they're interacting with one another. And we don't even know what's going on over there anymore. It's like, all right, this is great. Right. Ian, Ian you'll yeah. appreciate this. It's like a car wreck. Once they start to watch, they can't turn, they can't avert their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say that that was, uh, that was something I mentioned when I was in the studio was that I was impressed with how well you handled the yeah. distraction of live interaction because Dave and I tried that for a while mm -hmm. and it was a disaster. <laughs> like we, <laughs> I would just, I would just get lost us. like yeah. reading things, you know, and then the show only works when the two of us are talking to each other. <laughs> um, and you guys have kind of figured out a format where you can, you know, one of you can read a comment while the other one is giving an opinion, giving a take, yeah. you know, yeah. you kind of have a little bit more of a structure that way. Uh, whereas if Dave and I aren't having a conversation, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the life, the live uh, feedback thing was. Well, you, you had, you said the word there, it's, it's structure. It's having the format yeah. and the structure allows for specific times for you to say, okay, uh, we're going to, we're going to intro a car. Everyone gets their turn. Uh, then before we go to bids, then I'll find that's the gap as we're handing the, you know, the ball back and forth to one another. Um, right. That's the, in those gaps is where we insert nerd herd comments and then it you know so it's just, but that's the benefit of having the structure and that's the benefit of the concept is that it's, it's just 
a list of cars, you know, and it would just Dave, repeat. Dave, repeat. Dave, Dave, don't be seduced by JP's making it sound. It's easy. <laughs> it took years to develop. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. And yeah. What, what, what JP is omitting mm-hmm. from this conversation is that we have like, there's about two dozen super loyal repeat that watch every episode. Yeah. They all become friends in the chat with one another. And one of them, keep score of all of the guys that are watching because it's the same guys that put their bid in as we're going over and reviewing a car. So we have a guy in the herd that literally will post Anthony's bid and Buddha's bid and, and uh, you know, Randy's bid. It's Randy that does it. Everybody else's Mm -hmm. bid Ross's and all the guys, he chucks them all in there for us. Like without him, it would be a, it would be a soup sandwich. It would not work as well as it does right now. So we are super grateful that we have such loyal, like a handful, two handfuls of really loyal guys. And one of them, it's more organized than we are together. <laughs> <laughs> Never, ever underestimate a nerd with free time. Like that's oh, yeah. the reason we have the fucking internet, man. Like yeah. <laughs> We have so much of our lives yeah. because a nerd got bored. You know, yeah. So, I love that you have a, a self-appointed forum moderator. Yeah, literally, that's amazing. <laughs> He's the den mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so great. That's exactly what you. Yeah, do. yeah. Like, like this Lord of the Flies thing. Just now we can't fire order. Scared of when they revolt. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is actually a really good segue to one of the questions that I had uh, written down, which is, you know, we uh, we're we're both. Uh, tech uh, people uh, as our day jobs. And, you know, this is kind of our like creative thing that we do on the side. Um, But so we're both sort of like obsessed and always have been about like, you know, little cultural cul-de-sacs on the internet, you know, especially when it comes around cars, you know, about how like the mood on the Prius forums is very different than VW Vortex, Mm. you know? Um, (laughs) And one of the the things that I was... One of the things I was curious to hear you guys reflect on is we spend a lot of time looking at Craigslist posts and Facebook marketplace posts and like the, I know what I have, no mm. low ballers, mm. all those <laughs> sorts of old songs. Yep. What do you see as like the, the cultural stylistic differences between the places that you guys frequent? Like, like is, is the writing on bring a trailer different and the way that the cars are presented very different than, than P car or whatever. And then the, like the commenters, are they saying different things? Okay. So JP is going to have a really good answer for this because <laughs> truly spends time on just those two forums, plus a handful of other Porsche specialty ones. But John sends me Craigslist ads. I kid you not four times a week on average um, and a Facebook marketplace at least once a week. Um, because he finds stuff that is in my region of the country because he knows I'll go look at it for him. I'm his crawler. Um, so he gets to shop liberally in LA, San Francisco and Seattle that I know of. And of course he's got Vegas on lockdown, um, which is really funny. Uh, but then later I can speak to um, the, the online auction stuff. Cause I'm in the business. So I get to read a lot of that crap, but JP, you can answer the Craigslist thing better than I could. I, I just don't do it. Yeah, I mean, you in order. Look, our show is predicting the auction results of cars, of enthusiasts and and sports cars, right? So you got to check all those other places to see what's going on in the market to have a real understanding of what 
the value of uh, some of these cars are. And let's face it, I'm not very good at it, but I do enjoy looking through all those crappy ads. The, the, this, this, there is one fundamental difference uh, when it comes to a Craigslist and Facebook ad uh, versus one of the auction sites is that the sellers aren't the ones who are writing the ad copy right. uh, for bring a trailer or any of the auction platforms. Um, so when you, and that's something that a lot of people don't realize. And that's like, of course we get people asking us all the time, how do I list a car on BAT? They're anxiety. They have all kinds of anxiety about uh, the idea of doing so because they think they're the ones that have to actually create the content. And it's like, no, it's just like signing up for a social media platform. You just fill out a bunch of fields and then their technicians or technicians, their writers go ahead and uh, write the copy and create the ad uh, for better or worse. And uh, the quality of writers from one platform to the other uh, is drastically different. Obviously, PCAR market, um, that is closest to a Craigslist or Facebook market uh, place ad. Um, the, the people who run that particular platform pretty much have a reputation of just being old school used car salesmen uh, mm-hmm. from back east. And they just... Yeah, yeah, they they omit things, and I, I would I would champion that more than the, like I don't think it's as reflective of a Craigslist or a Facebook Marketplace as mm-hmm. much as it feels like you're being talked to by somebody who's a car salesman in a domestic store like a Dodge or whatever. Okay, because yeah. they're okay. just like yeah. they're like, hey, like what about the tires? Are the tires going to get? Oh, you don't have to worry about the tires. <laughs> what about if I could get you this payment? Would you buy today? That's more what it feels like with the PCAR market, okay. but to their credit, and I don't know if this is any credit, but to their advantage, um, they are writing their own ads. Whereas somebody like BAT has a team of writers that are just kids and they pay them a hundred dollars per car to write the ad. So they, they're doing as many as they can. They're not very good. And oftentimes, especially like as a Porsche person, uh, John and I can read a, a Porsche ad on BAT and we'll know right away if the person knows what a Porsche is or not, because there's just obvious things that are either missing or glazed over or whatever with, with all the particular generations. And if they're not addressed, you know, um, or not spoken to in a, in a certain manner, um, or if they describe something incorrectly without using the, the Porsche vernacular, cause it's a brand that really does have its own language. Um, we can tell right away that it was just written by some kid that was in it for the hundred bucks, not because it's a car person, which is kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, BAT, they're putting out 100 cars a day, they're fielding. Uh, cars and bids, seven, the next biggest, what's that, Deep? Seven days a week. Yeah, seven days a week. Cars wow. and bids, that's Doug DeMiro's platform. He's maybe on a good day doing a couple dozen, but usually about a dozen. And then PCAR Market's doing five, six, maybe a dozen on their best day. Um, and that's five days a week. So BAT is far and away, they're eating everyone's lunch, and that is the one to be uh, my partner, Michael, uh, he works for uh, Haggerty um, and they're doing the same thing, but their platform has some pretty fundamental differences between from, from all the other platforms. And I'll let him explain that. But yeah. um, it's just, the thing is though, uh, BAT with that many cars needing uh, ad copy written, you can imagine the logistics of all the writers and all the content and everything yeah. and how much quality control can you really do? But that's what the community is for. And I think that was part of Ian's, the second part of his question is that what happens when, uh, when the ad copy is incorrect, uh, it is corrected quickly um, <laughs> with haste by the, in the uh, hour. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nuts how, 
there are people who, you know, our hobby is to kind of watch the auctions and watch the results and talk about them. Uh, but there are legions of people out there uh, that are keyboard warriors that all they want to do is find something wrong Board. with a listing and get in there and make comments. And yeah. they're, they're, they're typically very low status people <laughs> that don't have a lot of you know, pull in their regular life, you know? Uh, so when they get a chance to, to go out there and, and exert their, their superiority, they do it, you know, they're, <laughs> Oh, that bolt is not right. On actually, the I, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, well, actually, yeah, Dave, mm-hmm. I, there, there's a graph somewhere that quantifies this, but 80% of those keyboard warriors live at home with their mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, I, so those those that that co- but the thing is, it's the community of commenters there, and there is that small percentage of them that that uh, have a big voice and have a big presence in the community. But um, a lot of times they uncover BS, and that's good because it keeps the the most of the listings on all three platforms are kept honest because of the community being in there and getting down to the nitty gritty even pcar market that you know a platform that if they had their way they would just lie through their teeth <laughs> if they had no one if they had no one checking their uh checking their their lies they would just go hey here we go but they can't get away with the stuff that they'd like to get away with and that's why you see so often uh pcar market has something called the deal tank we like to call it the chum bucket uh and that's oh. different from the other platforms if a car fails to sell uh in the au- at the end of the auction it goes into a classifieds list uh that they call the deal tank we call it the chum bucket because it's just basically full of failed cars yeah. uh, at a, way a over Ferrari testarossa yeah. desk lamp on there yeah oh yeah it looks Absolutely. like a phallus yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's a desk lamp it's a desk lamp mom really. <laughs> <laughs> why is it covered in vaseline <laughs> comes in a nondescript brown package yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah I, it is i will say it is genuinely amazing that's always one of my favorite things about i don't read it all the bring a trailer posts or mm-hmm. all the uh, cars and bits posts but those two mar- those two in particular i feel like when you know, like anytime there's a sob online, Dave and I will get texts. Or if there's an R, if there's a Volkswagen R32, I will always get a text uh, from somebody. And it's amazing if you scroll down, it doesn't matter how like, like crazy uh, obscure the car is. There's someone in the thing mm. that says, I've had six of these. I know they only <laughs> made 14 of them, but I had six of them. Yeah. And the, this is what you got to watch out for. Da, 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 and they have like way better information than the. The, the, more obs- the more obscure car it is, the more likely one mm-hmm. or two guys have all of them. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. Uh, I have personal experience with this, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, yeah. I produce a lot of content, not just bid nerds, uh, but one of our other shows, um, I have a partner, uh, a very good friend of ours. We reference him often, uh, Rami. We're, I'm in the Rami studio. Um he, uh, you know, on, on one of his shows, he had joked around about how his girlfriend had an 80s LeBaron. Um, and so I went out, you know, the next day and uh, got on Craigslist and found one for sale. Uh, and I, yeah, it was so I, I go out to look at it. You know, it was a couple of grand. I was expecting it to be just a complete pile of crap, but I just needed it to run enough to get from 
the seller's house <laughs> to my buddy's house that when we were going to do the podcast that night. Uh, and so I get there and I'm looking at it and I'm going, and I'm, I, you know, I was in a hurry. Like I literally had like an hour and a half to get back and do this live podcast. And I'm like, wait a minute, this thing's really, what the hell? This is really nice. <laughs> you uh, called so, me. I remember that. Yeah. that hilarious. <laughs> so I paid the guy and I, and I'm driving it back and I'm like, it had 50,000 original miles. This thing was like hermetically sealed. It was a convertible manual Box. 1988 LeBaron with w- white on like navy blue pleather. It was what fan- I couldn't what believe how nice this car. Yeah. Platform, yeah. yes. <laughs> the only thing that didn't work was the little the 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 pop up covers for the headlights, the oh, motor. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like, because our plan was literally to blow the car up. I I showed up. <laughs> I I you know, Rami came out. He thought it was hilarious. That was the whole shtick. And then we're talking about blowing up and everyone, we're all looking at it going, we can't, this is way too nice. What? This is way too nice. And this was early. This was uh, probably, this was early 2020. So things had just shut down. Cars and bids was brand new. BAT had been around a while. Um, And, you know, so it was like, I decided, you know what? I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to put it on one of these sites. And uh, that's exactly what we did. professional Getty photographer yeah. went out in the desert and took these stunning photos that would have made a better physical brochure than whatever <laughs> they used to sell the car in the first place mm, 25 definitely. years ago. Do you know what I mean? They, the photographs were stunning. And JP goes, I think I'm going to put it on cars and bids. And it was like, it was just the perfect weird car yeah. to do that. And John hit it out of the park, out of the park. It was, well, yeah, but before, but the, the point I'm bringing up is that we, when you were talking about the people that have all of them, you know, I needed that part for the headlight cover. So I get online and there's a guy in Vegas that has like six <laughs> of them in his the parking lot. Right. And he's like, Oh yeah, I can fix that in five minutes for him. I'm like, there really? it is. yeah. Can you find the white one? Yeah. That's, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Shot. Isn't that great? That looks like the brochure. Give me a break, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coca just just teared up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you found the LeBaron hoarder, I assume. Yeah. 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 And and he was like, oh, but for three thousand dollars, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna put it on the thing and see what happens. It's, it's just for content. You can bid on it there. Uh, it'll probably only get up to twenty five hundred. And uh, you can see there at the bottom, it hit almost six grand. That was before things got crazy. That was the most money a LeBaron had been sold for anywhere uh, <laughs> since wow. 1988. I mean, it, yeah, was, it was and probably pretty close to the MSRP, right? I, it probably. I and think, the, yeah, and they the were greatest, around eight. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest thing about it was that the guy who bought it, he brought his uh, girlfriend into town. We, I had said in the ad, I'm like, if you come to town, I will put you up in a, in a casino uh, or a hotel on the strip right across from where I live. <laughs> and uh, you can make a weekend out of it. So they flew in. And uh, they were so excited about it. And these, the, the guy that like his, I don't know if I can say this online, like his girlfriend was the great granddaughter of Motorola, like literally <laughs> a billionaire. <laughs> like they, they owned like a, an astronaut's house from the, from the fifties. I mean, it's oh, like, wow. and they wanted this car. Cause it was like, LA is so douchey. We want something cool and kitschy. And they came out and they didn't stay at the hotel, but they love the car. And I'm still friends with him today. And yeah. he's a huge fan of the show. And we talked, I saw him just a few weeks ago. He came into town. That's so. amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah we've, had him, we've had him guest nerd on the show while he was like 
um, in his vacation house in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's such a nice guy. Matt, can you come on? I don't know how good the internet is and get starred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something odd about this because I, I know a guy who knows a very wealthy, uh, like brewing person here in Colorado. He mm. had, or at one time, one of these LeBarons with the wood grain. Like yeah. I was, was in his garage with tons of cars and saw one of these That's myself. That's a right there, yeah. Yeah, what is like more money equals more more LeBaron. LeBaron. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we like to We like to call it the LeBron. Thank you very the much. The LeBron, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I see that authentic simulated wood grain, mm-hmm. wood grain paneling. And I think of, uh, uh, what was it? Clark Griswold in the family oh, truckster, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 My Dude, parents rocking, first minivan had that yeah. Yeah. and second. Yeah. <laughs> rocking the, uh, the Las Vegas Boulevard in that LeBaron was so much fun. Uh, oh, cause you know, there's ex- exotic rental cars everywhere and all kinds of stuff. But like, you know, I had a bright yellow R8 convertible driving down the strip. Everyone just thinks you're a, uh, you know, midlife crisis rental car guy. Uh, but the nothing hands down, I don't know the Volkswagen thing or the LeBron on the strip, the two greatest cars to, to cruise the strip. If you ever get a chance. Hey, I, I love that. I think like there is that kind of like, and, and we wanted to get to this where there is that kind of like with, with Craigslist and Facebook marketplace versus kind of cars and bids, we wanted your perspective on like that expectation to purchase to kind of like how they truly receive the vehicle. Right. And I think that it's really interesting that it kind of runs the gamut in that, like people are actively seeking out LeBarons, right. <laughs> to, and and, and probably, and for that amount of money, not being disappointed in any way, shape or form, yeah. Right. And kind of people's experiences with that through like the auction life cycle to delivery, like with a car like that, like you said, versus something that you would more often see on a platform like that. Yeah. Like what has been your experience around that kind of like that expectation, you know, satisfaction, you know, those kinds of pieces post, you know, winning the auction. Deep, I'm, I'm going to hop in here and I know Deep has a lot of experience with this, but one thing I want to make clear that a lot of people do not understand about the top three auction sites or, and most of them, um, they're, they are essentially a dating site. Mm-hmm. So when you win an auction, there is no mechanism to automate the payment. Um, Haggerty is different. And again, Dee will explain that. But with BAT, PCAR Market, Cars and Bids, MB Marketplace, all of the other sites, you win the bid, uh, you win the auction, the auction page, the platform extracts their percentage from your credit card. So they take their fee and then they give you a phone number. They, it, it's match.com, man. They're like, here you gotcha. go. Go on a date. Yeah, good Cons- luck. Yeah, consummate your your transaction. Don't bother us. We've got better things to do. You're yep. on your own. Good. Um, your fault for swiping, right? Yeah. yeah so exactly. okay. So what happens after the fat after that's done? Um, my personal experience, and I've bought and sold a handful of cars on. I, I've sold one on every auction site, the, and I've bought one from every auction site. Yeah. Or um, yeah. yeah. And uh, and and I've had nothing but like really good uh experiences the the buyers have been like 
like they win. I get a phone call or a text five minutes later. Where do you want me to send the money? They wire the money immediately or they Venmo or whatever the, what are you know, like it's, it's been zero hassle. Um, that is not always the case. And Michael has stories. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't have great stories, but it's not always smooth. And like JP said, the analogy that we've sort of coined um, over the last few years to try and explain to people what, what the business is all about because of this massive proliferation during COVID that, you know, with, with all this money coming in, people started buying these assets and they couldn't go, you know, fly around the country to go look at things in person. So this, there was this mass adoption of, BAT and all of the undercards, you know, that, that became, you know, it, it became normal to buy a car sight unseen. Yeah. Um, it's still, it's still playing go fish. You, you don't know what card you're going to overturn. Um, is the car going to be good? Is the person I'm transacting going to be good? Um, is the paperwork and the transport going to be good? You, you need the sun, the moon, the stars, your biorhythms, everything has to line up to have a smooth experience. JP's a good person. And, and I think, you know, a little bit of energy smiles back down on him. He's had some really good results. I'm a wonderful person. I've had some terrible, <laughs> terrible. He's a I'm much a freaking, better person than me. I'm a freaking tell you. Boy Scout compared to this guy. And hey, I, I have, actually am a Boy Scout. Thank you very much. I, I, Eagle. I see what I, I, no further questions. You're <laughs> Anyways, um, but I have, uh, you know, I've had a couple of peanut gallery things and uh, I had a car that didn't make reserve, but BAT sold the car and cut it out of their take you know what i mean so they they crossed the delta between the high bid and my reserve to the tune of like three thousand dollars i couldn't believe it um so it was really interesting uh, to see some things happen um and you know well hold on hold on deep you got to probably explain that for people what happens is if if the if the if the premium if the buyer premium is five thousand dollars say right uh bat caps it at five thousand dollars so if uh the b if the Buyer premium reaches say five thousand dollars, and the underbid, uh, the bid, the the highest bid is call it three thousand dollars underneath the reserve. The auction platform reserves the right to make up the difference by taking it out of their buyer premium that they get from the buyer. Yeah. So because okay. they would rather have a car sells, they're going. We'd rather make two thousand dollars. Uh, the no, no dollars. dollars. Yeah. So yeah. they'll make up the right. difference. So that's yeah. something that, to think about that so can be a benefit. For so people. when that happens, do they just then reach out to the high bidder and be like, hey, are you interested in it at the price no. that you bid no. at? Or no, 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 no. It's, it's com- it, you're, you're, com- you're contractually obligated to transact at that price. Even if it doesn't meet the reserve. Because yeah, they, be- they're putting the money in. They're, oh, the wow. plat- hold on, hold on, hold on. Sir, right? The platform is putting the money in when you, you got to be, you know, what, who is they, the yeah. platform, if the, if the, let's, let's just use round numbers. Uh, the reserve is $103,000. Uh, and the car, the highest bid is a hundred thousand dollars. That means there's a $5,000 buyer premium that the platform will collect from the buyer on top of the $103,000. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. when, when you win, so let's say you bid the hundred thousand dollars, but it didn't meet reserve. Um, it, it won't even tell you that, right. You won't even know as the highest bidder because yeah, okay. you don't know they, they keep the reserve private. So let's say you bid a hundred thousand dollars. No one else bids above you. The okay. platform will say, okay, uh, this car is sold because we're going to collect that $5,000 addition from the buyer 
and we're going to give that $3,000 spread to or uh, Delta to the seller, and we're going to keep the, the net $2,000. Gotcha. So the the buyer, they just write a check for a hundred grand, and then five grand comes out of their credit card and goes to BAT, and the seller, you know, takes a hundred grand, uh, and BAT gives them a check for three thousand hmm. dollars. Yeah. It's kind of wow. weird, but that's that. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Huh. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they would build margin in for themselves and then here's, just decide here, here's, what to do with it. Here's the secret sauce for every site that's doing this, and this accounts for the luxury live auctions. This accounts for um, Barrett Jackson and Meekum. Sell-through rate is a talking point. It's a bragging point. Okay. If you're not operating at an 80 to 85% sell-through rate, then you're not doing your job correctly. So if it means biting the bullet on a portion of your buyer's premium to keep your sell rate up and make both your buyer and seller on this particular lot happy, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make that. That's a that's a math game, hmm. and and you're paying for your own marketing in in real time at in that moment. And again, when you're running over a hundred lots a day, it's okay if you. Um, right. kind of poop bed on 10 of them as long as the other um, 70 go through naturally you push like x-lax you push a few through um you know uh, a dozen or so and there you go you got 100 lots you did 82 um you got 82 across the line even if 10 or 12 of them needed help interesting yeah huh. and they're still mm-hmm. making money on those cars you right. know it makes, like, it makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm wondering if we could show you a Craigslist car that Ian and I have discussed recently. <laughs> if you could, if you could put your brain on it and kind of give us what you think it might really go for, would you uh-huh. guys be willing to do that? Sure. Okay. Yeah, keep in mind, keep in mind that number. Well, I mean, we and we we'll talk about this, but you know, it's like asking prices for classifieds versus right. sale prices on auction sites you would think okay the sales price on the auction site is probably going to be lower than the asking price and it started out when these auction sites first came around when BAT first started doing this those were the and even cars and bids and pcar market you went there to get a deal now it's to find the car right. you want right. um, yes. so the pre you actually pay a premium at the auction not right. a lower amount. So you, we very often see asking prices on Craigslist and marketplace ads that are uh, lower than what they would actually sell for on BAT. That is okay. pretty common. Yeah, okay. and I'm not going to disclose mm-hmm. too much, but JP may have bought a car on a Craigslist and flipped it on an auction site for a handsome profit. But <laughs> that may I don't know. Past, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. I've never met the guy. It's only what I heard. If you're identifying something that is sought after, then that's Mm -hmm. what you're doing, right? Yeah, Diamond in the rough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. John calls me all the time and he's like, wheels in a steering wheel. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, come on, man. Are we really doing this right now? I'm like, all right, (laughs) hold on. I just tell my wife and my baby, like, hold on, I got to answer John's text because he's he's about to do something really stupid. (laughs) So so then the question is is evolved a little bit. Should Ian and I purchase this car that we're about to show you so that we can sell it on Bring a Trailer? Let's see what you, what do you got? Okay, dude, buckle your asses up. I don't know if you're ready for this. 
You're asking okay. an alcoholic if you should buy more beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This no. is a 1999 Oldsmobile no. Bravada pace car. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mental should buy it. Mental, Mental needs a pace car. Mental needs a pace car and a pacemaker. Um, no, the car you guys should have bought was the, um, the Geo Metro Tracker with the little uh, tractor wheels on it in Denver. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a couple blocks from my house right now. I could go mm. get it. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. that's the car that you guys, uh, JP, would have told you to buy in a heartbeat. But it wasn't for sale, was it? No, it was just it's there's a there's somebody who lives about five blocks from me who has just impeccable taste in cars. At one point, they had uh, like us an old like um, 70s F one fifty like with sundowner stripes. I mean, gorgeous in like this dark green with like the sundowner thing. And an original Mini Cooper. That was their two-car garage, which I think is maybe the perfect two-car garage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they just rotate just wild stuff in and out all the time. I don't, That's know, awesome. I don't know their story Ian, or anything, but it's Ian, the show after you were on, JP selected a Jeep Grand Cherokee with like 285,000 miles on it. And they put the... No, uh, it wasn't a Grand Cherokee. It was a, it was a Cherokee, Cherokee Sport. Cherokee okay. Sport. With the... the the six cylinder and the automatic and it, it you know, I had like 200,000 miles and it was rusting through in Minnesota and they had put a brand new dominator truck track system on it, just like the geo thing, but uh-huh. it was all black and had these big, huge trackers, not like the geo had little tiny cute ones that looked like they were left in the dryer too long. Um, but John loved that car. And I laughed because I'm from San Francisco. I, I don't, I don't speak mountain. I don't, I don't understand. You know? <laughs> right. I was like, why would anybody buy this? Boy. Yeah, absolutely. Soft hands. So uh, JP thought it was hilarious and uh, it failed to sell. This thing's really cool. How many miles are on this? 12,000. Yeah. 12? What is it? What is it? This is what? A Buick what? This is an Oldsmobile Bravada. Oh, VIN, number, VIN number one. If I refresh this, is it going to be sold, JP? What the hell? A, <laughs> it's a pace car. No, it's, it's uh, I just bought it. You're screwed. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, Dave, when's your birthday? <laughs> I don't want to yeah. tell you because I don't want this car. <laughs> no, what, month, what month is your birthday? It's November. November 30th is my birthday. You, yeah. could, you could buy this car on your birthday. I promise. It'll still be there. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, nice. it's a really small market that's looking for a green and white right. truck. Pace yeah. truck. Why do they call it a pace car? That's hilarious. Because it was for the uh, Indy Racing League. Yeah. Oh, is that right? The IRL? Yeah. Was, yeah. Ostensibly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at twenty five grand, there's, I mean, yeah. So there, there's a lot of cars <laughs> like the LeBaron and stuff like this that, right, definitely fits into like you know they call them young timers because anything that's in the eighties and nineties kind of fits into that category. Um, if you can get them at a at a whimsy. You know, right. it's like, okay, it's five grand or it's 10 grand, whatever. Fine. This will be a fun thing to have. But you start getting into that 15, 20 or more. And it's like, no, it's got to actually have to have some intrinsic value above and beyond its nostalgia play. Uh, and this is just not a good car in the first place. So right. uh, with it being a bad car at its core, even though it's got 12,000 miles, I mean, it's it's a old, they don't, I mean, no... No one's nostalgic for an Oldsmobile that isn't already an old person in a home. I mean, this is not for there's there's no millennials or Z generations going, oh yeah, my grandparents had one of these, so I want one. So yeah. I'm gonna spend twenty-four grand, maybe five or ten, but 
right yeah. now i will say there are yeah. some ride or dies for old oldsmobiles like there's some kids who are really into oldsmobile on the internet mm-hmm. now but they want auroras you know yeah. they don't mm-hmm. want a bravado but let yeah. me give you let me give you some numbers to, to crystallize what's going on here the okay. msrp on this car was thirty one thousand, so they were all about 35 grand right okay yeah. ABB fair purchase price today is twenty two hundred for an Olds- <laughs> a nineteen ninety nine Oldsmobile Bravada. Yeah. So the fact that they're asking, you know, and again, I mean, take book like take retail book at at ten grand or eight grand or whatever, they're asking probably a hundred percent over retail book for this car uh, because of the paint job and the low miles. It, there there is no Oldsmobile Bravada in the world that's worth over book. So uh, you know, as a novelty, they price themselves out of a novelty purchase. The whole, what JP's saying is it'd be fun to get if it was less expensive than retail, but this is probably 100% over retail. Nobody's going to, that car will be available. on. Well, your- <laughs> yeah. I, well, deep, don't you think, I mean, it's like, it's one thing you can definitely get over book. You can, I could see this car. If the book value is what? $2,200. $2, $2, yeah. Well, that, I could no, see this fair. If it's VIN number one. Then, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but like I could see, I could see, I could see getting five or ten x of that. No, anything, anything under ten grand can be a joke buy. (laughs) You know what I mean? There are people that will spend ten grand on you know because like before all you know in we have a drinking game on our show. Every time I say inflation, five thousand, you know, five thousand is the new two thousand. Ten thousand is the new five thousand. Do the math. Um, and so 10,000 is the new 5,000. So 10,000 is throwaway money for a lot of people. People will throw away 10 grand. Oh, look, you know, it's like my LeBaron, right? That LeBron, uh, that sold for about $6,000 on cars and bids in 2020 would probably bring somewhere around 12. Now the exact same car brought to market because that is, some, it is a nice car and it's actually kind of a fun car. Unlike right. this bravado. Yeah, right. I mean, having three pedals in anything classic makes it worth uh, a premium. This car doesn't have a nice driving experience. It doesn't look good. It isn't, it's, there's no utility factor, even though it is an SUV. It's just like, nobody's, this is just nobody. Yeah. It's, there's a re it's going to sit there for a long we time. Had, uh, we had the same instinct. I yeah. Think, so yeah. Ian, could you run the show for a bit? I need to unsend some emails. <laughs> 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 Can you cancel a, a bank check? Is it too late? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, but, how but, much did you put down on it? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for entertaining us because it, yeah, this bravado has probably gotten more press that it did ever so yeah so i i'm so guessing book on, like retail book on this car is 10 to twelve thousand bucks with the the single pace thing yeah. the, the single the single the number one vin number and the low miles retail book is 10 or 12 so if they had priced this thing at 15 instead of 25 yeah. i think yeah. they'd get calls but at 25 dave if you want yeah. it it'll still be available on your birthday okay <laughs> if this were on bat i would bid Fourteen nine ninety nine. I don't. I don't think it would be okay. fifteen. Yeah, okay. that's where. That's where I would yeah, be. Yeah, and you wouldn't feel you, too good about that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you'd be fine. I, and it's not what I bid first at eleven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going over deep is not something I do typically. But yeah, I'm right. usually the high bidder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'm the optimist. Yeah, he's the dark uh, cloud over there. I'm always worried about World War Three and inflation and all that <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Nobody's gonna want a car now. Okay, maybe this car 
could be good in apocalypse, right? This is does does it fit the whole? You know, can this be a terrorist technical? Can you cut the roof off and put a machine gun up there? I don't know. I feel they, like they he'd be a low profile in the apocalypse. Is, is <laughs> yeah, good bright, idea. Bright, bright green and white stripes. Not so, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> Stick with the Toyota for the technical. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Before we run out of time, I want to make sure that we get to a game. Uh, mm-hmm. We play a game on this show where we match uh, vanity license plates. Yes, I saw with, you guys do one. That was awesome. With cars. <laughs> and it, it really rewards gross generalizations. Um, and uh, and I, I created one for you guys. And Dave can play along with you. Yeah. He may have seen one of them before. I can't remember. But. I have JP, the memory of a goldfish, so who knows? <laughs> what? JP, Ian takes this very seriously. I mean, he mm, brings okay. like like reason and critical thinking to it. I was so impressed uh, that he just didn't go, I don't know. And then Dave gave him the answers. Like Ian put a lot of thought into it and then got all three of them right. See. That was mm, that was pretty good. Right. That was the Jeep, uh, the the CLA 250, and the um, Subaru. Mm. I was I was so impressed. I was like, "Damn!" He is a plate whisperer. Is what oh my god! Okay. You know what though? It's, it's cultural it's, learnings of the United States. I think Laura <laughs> would be good at this. Yeah, no, I think you're going to be great because you just trust your instincts. Yep. People tell on themselves with their vanity plates uh, more <laughs> than you would think. So you you'll do fun, you'll do just fine. Yeah. Um, well, you take to, it in. Dave, you'll have to promise me you'll zoom in on the tires like he did on the Jeep and the bumper and the paint. <laughs> we will do zoom in enhances. Absolutely. Zoomies and enhances. Yes. 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 Um, so this one is called Toy Box. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Here we go. All right. So <laughs> up top, we have a silver Mercedes SLK. If I, uh-huh. yep. Okay. Then we have a dark gray Toyota 4Runner uh, in the middle here, standard Colorado package. And then what is that? That's an SQ5 sitting down there on the bottom. And I believe the graphite yes. gray. Yes. Okay. With the, those aren't the vegetable peeler wheels, but those are close. Yeah. Okay. All right. But JP, JP, clearly the star boy is going to be the Mercedes. I would, I would think the question is what does D and R toy mean? Is there anything dirt and road? Yeah. So we have toy what, what, boy, star it's super toy, small. And it's DNR super toy. small. Oh yeah. yeah. Here, here you go. So here's the plates. Uh, D and R. Okay. Yeah. D and R. Dirt. People getting fancy with ampersands. What the hell? I didn't know you could use an ampersand in a... Uh, Some of these a- states have gone... Because we have people from like around the country now who are sending yeah. us these things. Uh, and people... You can get hearts in California? Yeah, you can get emojis in places now. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. What, what was their plate? Eggplant, peach... Left pointing finger. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, we have DNR Toy, Star Toy... And Toy Boy as the plates. Mm-hmm. We've got the silver SLK with a little bit of curb. Uh, they pulled too far up on the parking block. Yeah. Got um, a handicap. Got a handicap uh, dangly. Yeah. And what is with this plates? grill? That wasn't factory, was it? Yeah. That looks like the uh, concept car had a uh, had a had a hole covered grill with like single holes, like almost like bende dots. Okay. That was the concept car's grill. It didn't have louvers or an egg crate uh, like the production car did, but the but the concept was that I don't know, almost looked like an electric car before we knew what those were. And am I off in thinking that the headlights aren't right too? Like no, something that, seems weird around like the I don't know the 
the surround. It's because they're actually clear. They went through and they they bought oh. those, those uh, cleaning things because most of them you see are all fogged up. Yeah, so you can actually say, see okay. the details in them. Yeah, they went went Thank to the you. O'Reilly's. Yeah, I think is that an LGBT? Uh, is that an LGBT license plate frame? I can't tell. It's so small. It's um, Maine. It's from yeah, Maine. It's Maine. It just uh, Maine. looks rainbowy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, Apparently, you scroll down to the next car for us. So yeah. we have a handicap car, and then what? What generation oh. Forerunner is that? That's like a. That's like a. I don't know. Two thousand fifteen to yeah. That's yeah. a Colorado plate JP. Okay. Yep. Trail, you got a trailer a dealer, hitch. Trailer hitch. A dealer installed uh, license plate uh, frame. So not yep. much to go on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, the SQ5 California plate, like a Los Angeles car dealer um, pl- plate frame. It's got the roof bars. Yep. And For- yeah. And that's really it. Nothing really kind of stands out to me on this one. So yeah, how, right. so how's this work? So who go? Ha, like, so you're gonna do, do highlights magazine time? style, right? You're gonna match the the text to the to the car. You guys can work together co-op mode, or you guys can come up with your own answers. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. So do you start with car one, and then everybody makes a guess, and then car two, everybody makes a guess, car three, or do you just go all three in one one swoop? Like there are no rules here. Cat no yeah. rules. Dogs. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't I mean, matter. My my Cats gut's telling me that Toy Boy is jumping out as the forerunner, just because Toyota folks love to lean into the toy. But that's that's my take. You are incorrect, sir. It's BNR <laughs> is dirt oh, and road toy. So that means rotate. the. The forerunner is D and R, dirt and road toy. That is the okay. correct answer. So okay. that's, that, that's what was my first question. I still think the star toy is the Mercedes because of the three-pointed star. And then the toy boy, um, which could be, well, anyways, I think that could be. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> toy, toy boy is the Audi because he's got his skis yeah. uh, on the roof rack. He's got his kayak. Uh, he has his whatever the hell else toys that he puts up there and in he, the back and he goes hiking and he goes driving around and he thinks he's a toy boy. Uh, <laughs> should should be soy boy, but that's fine. We know what we're talking about here. Uh, and I'm with Deeb on the star, uh, the star toy being the convertible, but I don't think it's because of the star on the hood. I think the, uh, this, another low status person, uh, this is a person that's going to get into. Oh, no, you it. can see the stars; they're all up there. They're going <laughs> to get deep in the comments. Look, the number one, like our number one most commented video on any, like of the hundreds of episodes that we've done, are, are was the episode we did on AMG SLK. SLK people think so highly of themselves. They think they are the greatest cars in the world. They think anyone that doesn't think. And doesn't recognize the SLK as the greatest car to ever have been put on this God's green earth. If you don't think that the SLK is like peak automobile, then you are just subhuman trash and you should be burned in one of those chambers that had the same logo on the side of it back in the 40s. Uh, Yeah, the Star Toy is definitely 
the convertible. See, <laughs> I fit in. I fit a Holocaust joke in there just for deep. Is, so is got, this the part of the podcast where I <laughs> unveil my uh, Chrysler Crossfire full back tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. You become a permanent nerd on the show. With us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The uh, SLK guys will not recognize you with your Crossfire. Sorry. Okay. You don't, you don't yeah. get to wear the same hoodie with them. It sounds like the bid nerds are in cahoots you guys have uh i, I like yeah i like star toy for the for the uh slk but i i'm gonna flip toy boy and uh dnr toy yeah okay oh okay. Well, so what is, what toy, is, toy boy on the colorado forerunner and dnr on the audi huh yeah dnr because i think i think it might be a wacky mountain bike person all right that yeah could be. but that's i just didn't see, i didn't see the long things for the wheels on the crossbars and i would wait, think wait. Yeah, no they don't have trays up yeah, yeah there's nothing there's nothing on the crossbar so there's just right. the crossbar so you can do yeah. that's wanting, a very wanting thing, to be right? a mountain biker and telling people you're a mountain biker is very different <laughs> from being a mountain biker right <laughs> well hold on How, why so why do you think D, dnr is on the audi is that what you're saying yeah I, I think i think that's like an like the person that wants to advertise m- more that they are a dirt and road kind of person that they like, I don't know, for some reason, that's what my Gus telling me that they're, they're more interested in telling you what they are doing than, than actually doing it. Yeah. But see the, the lack of the, the lack of the, um, the bike rig and the lack of the kayak attachment and the mm-hmm. lack of any of those specific things oh, yeah. means that it's agnostic to all of them, which right. means toy boy, being plural lots and lots of toys they couldn't afford the s they could have been toys boy that would have been weird i I think we all might be losing because we're trying to bring reason to something that fucking crazy people do yeah (laughs) dave you see what i'm up against instead of just saying oh okay that's what you pick he's trying to convince you that his pick is correct that's what that's what i have to deal with every night on the podcast so so man i'm i'm gonna say this segment has been extremely successful and that you guys have given just really, really impassioned arguments on all sides for answers that are a hundred percent incorrect. <laughs> oh no. Is that right? Where are you yeah. at? Do you Where want you me think? to show the answers? <laughs> Let's you reveal guys are the answers. Oh my God. <laughs> Here we go. We have DNR toy on the SLK. Are shop. you fucking kidding That's me? totally shop. To- hey, I, I said toy boy on the forerunner. Yeah. Okay. Star boy. Star toy. Star toy. Jokes on dirty, you. Dirty, dirty cheaters. Dirty, Jokes dirty on you. Cheaters. I don't know how to Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> um, we so all my, my read on this. My read on this is this is DNR toy. This is a lovely older, like retired couple who finally yeah. got their convertible, their Mercedes yeah. convertible, right? Yeah. And that's the this is Dennis De- and Debra. Rhonda. Yeah. Right. Deborah and Ronald. Yeah. Yes. It's dead and rich. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and then if you go down, I did cheat a, a skosh. So yeah. Toy Boy, Toyota Boy, right? I cheated a little bit on the Audi because I covered up a little bit of the license plate frame, which is this is a Los oh. Angeles Stars license plate frame. Mm, okay. Mm. What is it? Star Boy? You know what? That might be Star, Star Toy. Star, yeah, Star Toy. toy box, yeah. The Toy Box uh, selection of cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I uh, Star Boys. Those were the early crotch rocket wheelie guys that uh, oh, back, right. in, back in the two thousands. But yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I gotta go, guys. Yes. Uh, well, that's the, your your timing is good because we are done. Um, Michael and JP, thank you so so much for joining us. I had a ton of fun on your show. I hope you had fun on our show. Oh, for sure. Um, good time. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everybody else, uh, text us seven two zero five one five one three nine one. We love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bidner Sunday and Wednesday night live on the YouTube. On the YouTubes. <laughs> on the tubes. <laughs>